You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Comedy Solo Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. We're without Dan Natterman this week. Uh, it is, it's, it's, it's hard. not the same. It's not the same not without the same. Dan Natterman. But uh, we have uh, Periel, our producer, and new booker is, is going to sit in. On my right, we have Dean Edwards, is a New yeah. York City-based stand-up comedian who was a former cast member of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna channel Dan Natterman. Tonight. Uh, that's that's what good. I'll do. I'll channel Natterman. <laughs> and our guest of honor is Kevin Nealon is an actor and comic. He will be performing he will be performing at Caroline what? At Caroline's on Broadway from February twenty eighth to March second. His CBS TV series, Man with a Plan, airs on Monday nights, and his series, Hiking with Kevin, is available on YouTube. He will also be appearing on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon on Thursday, February 28th. Welcome, Kevin Nealon. Oh, I'm out of breath just hearing all that. That's a lot of work. <laughs> so before we talk about other things, you know that my my uh, first time I met you was that you used to come to see my band in the Café Wa. Loved your band. And, and I try to convince people I actually had a really good band and it was a whole thing and nobody believes me. So good, man. It was good, right? You're so good. You play the electric guitar, right? Yeah, yeah. You're so good. Who did you grow up listening to? Was it like Clapton and stuff? The Beatles. Beatles. Beatles and Beatles. The, and uh, Steve, Beatles and Stevie Wonder were my Beatles main. Beatles and Stevie Wonder. My main diet. And classical music. I, yeah. was, I was never into all those like Hendrix and Clapton and all those guys. I, mean, really? I was aware of them. I listened to them some. Sometime. What happened to that band? What happened, wasn't it the lead singer like blonde hair or something? They went separate ways. They got old. Ah, and, um, damn it. It's hard to get up down those stairs at Cafe Wa, isn't it? Yeah. After a certain age? It, no, well, they didn't get that old. And then afterwards, <laughs> we had other people join, and then they left. Like One of them is the main lead singer with Adele now. Another one's touring with Christina Aguilera. Another, so, so we had a lot of good... Anyway, they're all gone, and I'm just playing acoustic here. Anyway, so... so but y'all jam on, uh, on, on the weekends, right? Yeah, it's all right, you, huh? You, you played on the same stage as Jimi Hendrix. That's right. I played on the same stage as Jimi Hendrix. I actually also... John Mayer was here one night, and he took us a, bu- took a bunch of us over to Electric Ladyland Studio, oh, where Hendrix used to record, nice, yeah. and he had one of Hendrix's original strats, the one that he used to of record course. Little Wing. Oh, dig it, dig <clears> of course. It. And he let me play it. So, which was, you know... I have a guitar yeah. that I bought from, you know, Danny Farrington? He's a, a no. luthier. He makes great guitars, acoustic mostly. He gave me a guitar. It was a reworked Martin guitar, small parlor size Martin. Mm-hmm. He used to be a tenor, but he took the neck off and he made it a six string. And apparently George Harrison took that guitar to Fiji with him oh. and uh, had it for a while and then brought it back. And now I have it. So it's got a little bit of George Harrison finger sweat on the fretboards. <laughs> Sometimes I see on like eBay or something or somewhere they're auctioning some Beatle paraphernalia that seems within a almost reasonable price. Yeah. And I'm always tempted to buy something like that. But I, you know, Why don't you? Why don't, like, what, what holds you back last minute if, if you're tempted to? So I, I don't know. I don't you know don't want to start collecting stuff. Yeah. That's a, that's that a real... That's a real Rabbit hole when you start collecting things because then people start stenia stuff and then you got to get a storage unit. And when you die, they'll just throw it away because sometimes you'll (laughs) see things like seven, eight grand or something like so. You know, not even like you know, and say, What maybe you know, would you buy one of the outfits from the um Sergeant Pepper's band for eight thousand dollars? Absolutely, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's what a regular jacket costs now, anyway. (laughs) I would definitely buy that. I, I, that, yeah, I would buy that for 20 grand, I think, but that I think would go for much more than that. How much would you pay to have uh, to have Ringo Starr yeah. and Paul McCartney um, give you a back massage, but just beating different Beatles songs, and you have to figure out which ones they are? Thirty-five, 35 grand. Thirty-five grand. Ten not, songs. That's it. Yeah, thirty-five grand. Not a penny more. And what side would you want a Ringo on? Which side? He plays lefties, so I guess I, I got to be on my right side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. All right, so, so uh, our, our um, well, yeah, so she gave us some topics here, but... Uh, don't believe that. So, But the, the bottom one is Kevin's Choice, which I think is, is a nice thing to talk about. Are you into politics these days? Are you into whatever? What's going on? I'm into everything. 
I, I, I'm, I'm totally aware of everything that's going on. Did you watch Michael Cohen's I uh, did. testimony I watched today? some of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, wa- I watched some while folding clothes. <laughs> you want to fold clothes? I do, man. That's the military in me. It's like I had laundry to do. I'm going on the road on, on Friday, and I said, you know what, let me... Uh, let me nestle in and, and get comfy because they're going to be here for a while. So, so let me, the, the, what I thought was the most disturbing thing about it was the racial remarks, mm. much more mm. than anything else. What, what were your thoughts on that? I'm, you know what, unfortunately, I'm never Were you for it against it? <laughs> <laughs> Funny you would ask. And why? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm never surprised by... A, anything that I hear, uh, even if it's alleged, I'm, I'm not surprised by anything. And then racially, I was like, okay, yeah, it sounds about right. You know, um, I, I think... Uh, Does it outrage you as an American? It outrages me at a, as an American because I know there are people that are going to... That will watch his testimony or watch his testimony and, and say, you know what, they're just trying to railroad him. You know what I mean? So instead of people dealing with the, the problem at hand... They're going to find an excuse or make excuses and say <clears throat> it's a partisan issue. And the, the issue is bigger than partisanship. It, it's about dealing with the, the, the institutionalized prejudices and racism that, that uh, we face in America. I, I don't think we, we address things because we'd rather, instead of dealing with a, a full scope of history, we, uh, we tend to, well, that's taboo. We don't want to talk about it. No, let's talk about things and get them out on the table so that people can heal. Well, let me ask you this. So I go through this also when somebody says something about Jews. Mm-hmm. Are you Jewish? I'm Jewish. <laughs> so uh, I don't look it, but I am. Why so, do people uh, always go quiet? The when they say, <laughs> are you? You know, there were some Mexicans over there. The other. There's so a while black guy. While you're in a Mexican restaurant, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the word racist, you know, it's it's used like it was used um, to describe Nazis putting Jews in ovens, right? And it's used for things like uh, a black guy doesn't want to pull over to pull another black uh, in a taxi to to take another black mm-hmm. guy to Harlem. Mm-hmm. So it's a very elastic word, right? And, and that always troubles me because you begin to not know well what does it mean when you call somebody a racist. Right. So I always try to think, okay, this is clearly a racist comment, but what do I think are his Real racial beliefs. Does yeah. he does he think, have a white hood in his closet? Does he, that's right. Right. Does he think right. that black people shouldn't be treated fairly for housing? Does he? Right. Have, and what it reminds me most of what Trump said is the way that people on the left actually talk about like the white toothless deplorables. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it matter? Look how they right. live. Right. They're so stupid. They don't even know enough to vote for their own interests, right. which is what what's what right. he said. Well, that com- is very con- that becomes very condescending. When, yes, when no, I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not defending it at all. Right. I, I, I don't like it when they say it about the deplorables either right. because this is a cliche. I do think that when you dehumanize somebody in that way, mm-hmm. that is the way bigotry, then, then it becomes very easy. Right. So I don't, I think it's actually disqualifying. Like mm-hmm. if they had him on tape doing that, mm-hmm. I would hope he would have to resign for saying that. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I don't know what it means that he actually wants or desires for black people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that a fair conversation would think about. Like, where, like, where is he coming from? Right. I don't, but I don't know if you have any, if you well, got, you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm astounded that you're defending him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're joking, I hope. Yes, I'm joking. Okay. Because that is what happens yeah. today. You know, you, you, I think it's hard to know if somebody is really racist or not, or if there was just a racial comment. Right. You know, well, it, that's a vulgar look. Look at all, look how they live. Nobody would. I right. mean, well, yeah. that's like what did he say? Only blacks could live here all, in only, Chicago. Only black people would live this way, right. or something yeah. like right. that. Live this way. Something just, yeah. It's it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. It's just even if the point you're trying to make mm-hmm. is related in reality to 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 utter it that way, right? Shows something deeply wrong with right. with the way you because there's no sense. There's no sensitivity. There's no empathy. And empathy behind it. It's right. it's you you've uh you've just you've grouped people. You 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 haven't um, looked at individuals. You've said, well, they. And, and when when you say those, that's that's why people uh, I think get so um, offended when someone uses the term those people. Because it, it just it uh, it condescends to them. It talks down. To I always them. I had a roommate that used to do stand up, and he would always talk to the audience. He goes, "You people," and I would tell him, "I said, Dan, 
don't call them you people right, right. because it, it's really condescending, I it's, thought. Yeah. You know, you people. That's yeah. what, it, 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 it takes you out of the equation. Yeah. Ross, Ross Perot was the guy who put that into the, into the just, lexicon. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I heard a funny uh, uh, comment by one of the newscasters after the Michael Cohen thing. He goes, he said, uh, Michael Cohen, to me, wasn't credible, but I believed him. <laughs> really? really yeah. said that? <laughs> yeah. He didn't come across as credible, but I believed him. I mean, listen, so the racial thing I thought was the worst. On the other things, I think he actually was good news for Trump in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, they've been talking about Russia collusion. Right. And he says, well, he says to um, he was there when Roger Stone called him and said, I heard that WikiLeaks is going to dump a bunch of Hillary's emails. And Trump says, well, well, that'll be great. Right. Which clearly means that he wasn't in on it. He, he, but he didn't know about it. Beforehand. Well, but so what? I mean, somebody told him. What's he supposed to do? Um, I mean, if somebody, somebody, it's not illegal. He to should some, not be listening to anybody before the election. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some guy calls him up and says, "I." And and let's listen. Let's be honest. Every politician will be happy to hear news. And by the way, I think that we knew. I think there were news stories prior to that. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, which said the rumors <laughs> that WikiLeaks was going to release this stuff. Mm -hmm. But anyway, somebody calls up Hillary Clinton and says. Hey, they're going to release some. They're going to release Trump's tax returns, they, they, which would be illegal to have them. She's not going to say, "Oh, that's terrible." She's going to say, "Awesome." When do they come out? Right. She's not involved in it, so that was good news for him. And the the thing with Stormy Daniels too, I thought. Do you know I was up in Lake Tahoe during that? During the story, Stormy Daniels, uh, Trump. Uh, Connection? What, why is Lake that significant, Lake Tahoe? Because that's where he was when he hooked up with Stormy Daniels. Oh, Daniels. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was. I do this American Century Championship every year up there. It's a golf tournament. It's on TV on NBC, and Trump was there that year. <clears throat> In fact, we did a commercial together for the thing, <laughs> and that was the that was the year that he uh, he hooked up with Stormy Daniels. Did you recall seeing her at all? I saw her right before he did. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about alley oops right here. <laughs> Assist. <laughs> so, Stormy, so, what came out of the Stormy Daniels thing was that um, this catch and kill, is that what they called it? Yeah. Was something they did repeatedly. So, it kind of detracts from the whole story that this was like some special thing for the election. And, and, then, and then, even more importantly, what he said was he told me, what's, what's the other Jew's name? Weisselberg. A lot of Jews in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but you hadn't thought of that, I'm sure. <laughs> no. didn't, didn't, nobody noticed all the <laughs> list of all. Jewish names coming out of Cohen's <laughs> mouth. One after another after another. Oh, God. Anyway, um, Cohen and Weisselberg, he says, you guys, I want, I want to take care of this. You guys go figure it out. <clears throat> so, they didn't, there was no claim that we went back to him and told him, uh, Mr. Trump, we can't do this. It would be illegal. Mm. Like, I, I'm in that situation all the time with my professionals. I'm sure you are, where they say, like, I need to do this. Figure out how to do it for me. And it's up to them to tell me, no, you can't do that. It's illegal. And if, so I think it's hard to make the case that, that he knew he intended to do anything illegal. Trump is one of those guys who does things and then apologizes later. Like most I remember, like, he put up a flagpole in, um, in California at his golf resort. It was too big. It was much too big of a pole and a flag. Put it up anyway. He knew it was, you know, not... Yeah, he knew it all along. Yeah, zoned for that. Put it up, and then, um, you know, once you have an American flag up, what do you tell people? Oh, you, right. My American flag is too big? Right. You know? A, apologize a of, later. A lot of contractors actually have that attitude. It's, yeah. like, it's better, easier to apologize. Right. Than, and, and it works a lot of the time, because you just get... It, you wear people down. He wears people down. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but all in all, I think... I think this was not a bad day for Trump. I mean, do you remember what they were talking? They were they were practically saying that he was a uh, Russian I, spy. I love I love how you follow the whole Cohen thing, but you don't know anything about what happened in Korea or in Vietnam. What, what's, you what's didn't that? hear. Not a good day for Trump. <laughs> not a good day for Trump. No, he got exploded by a nuke. Uh, <laughs> no, he's kidding. in Hanoi, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, they are. That's, 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 he, Who's that, joining us here? That's Rachel Feinstein. That's Rachel a con. Feinstein. <laughs> wow. Do you know each other? Come sit down, Rachel. They, they, come sit down. We have an extra mic. What else you got on the list? Oh, so, the, well, the other list is to talk about uh, what you guys have in common, SNL stories, or you, we could talk. Now, so I got to confess to you, I don't watch any television at all. And if, if I had any class, I would have actually watched some of the, the shows not, and not stuff true. like that. Not so true. You don't, it's not all about TV. 
but my excuse yeah. is it's we not so, all we, about class either. Apparently, we so seldom have a, a guest <laughs> that has his own TV show. <laughs> I didn't even think of it. <laughs> it's about classy. It's not class. It's it, about it's, being classy. It's about you know being being you and being classy with it. I'm yeah. trying. I'm Rachel. very high end. <laughs> Rachel is high end. High maintenance. If you're any more higher than Rachel end wise, <laughs> mental uh, health and death and comedy. This was the the topic of the week. Now Brody Stevens died. Oh yeah. Now yeah. I, I didn't know him, but a little bit because years ago he used to work here. My recollection is not as a comedian, but as a flyer guy or as a barker or something. I think he was he was a barker in the in the in the. I, I met Brody in the uh, rest in peace, Brody. Uh, in the mid nineties, around ninety five, ninety six, and yeah, I think he was a barker. Um, I remember meeting him at uh, down the block at Boston Comedy Club. At Boston, yeah. I didn't even know he like, you know, was in the New York area. He was, but then he he he's been he's out in LA a long guy. time. He used yeah. to do that yeah. open mic, yeah, surf yeah. reality, and right. those, like surf weird reality. underground Lower East Side rooms, right. and yeah. Yeah, I always saw him as a guy who was kind of on the fringe of comedy, you know, kind of dipping in a little bit, and he was maybe a you know something to do with sports or yeah, he was a big you know, baseball he was a barker head. or whatever, and then. A week before he died, I was looking at Instagram for Comedy Store and who was on, and I just see his name repeatedly in the main room, main room. I think, good for Brody, man. He's right. really moving up and really, you know, cementing a place for himself in, in um, stand-up. And um, and I would see him at the store a lot out there, you know, and he did my he did my warm-ups for my first special. Oh, I didn't know that. And um, he was, he's great, man. He's just like, he always seemed like a positive guy. Always, you know, always. Upbeat, what was his, good, uh, he, good he had a phrase. Yeah, he, he did have great posture. Yeah. I would tell That's him the other day, I said, like, how do you have such good posture? He had, per, he had yeah, perfect he line. He had yeah. perfect line. Yeah. Remember, remember that movie? I remember when I was on uh, Last Comic standing and they, we had this warm-up guy and he was like awful and it was a disaster Brody because he was Stephen. like encouraging people to boo and then everybody's like, we need to get Brody. We need to get Brody. He's the best warm-up guy. And yeah, he man. was incredible. And then, you know when you walk out on TV when, you know, they make you do your walk again? No. And all of a sudden, well, you know, like the entrance walk and you yeah. can't be cool. You're just like, what has my elbow always done? You know, like when I've been walking, like all of a sudden right. you just feel completely strange right. doing this typically normal thing. And I remember talking to him right before I went out and I, I was just feeling like, you know, weird and depressed and frightened for the feedback and stuff. And uh, he was always just like so, so lovely and warm. He seemed to immediately tell what you would need if you were in a strange place. Yeah. You know, he'd say your name in that loud bellowing. He'd be like Rachel, and it just suddenly yeah. felt like, yeah, I'm all right. Like, so he knows me. So, you know? yeah. so, do you remember that movie, Ordinary People, with Judd Hirsch and yeah. Timothy Hutton? Right? Yeah. So it just came. So that, there's that scene there where he, Timothy Hutton's with the the female lead, and he, and she says to him. We're gonna have the best year ever, and she was like really positive, and then she kills herself. Do you remember mm, that? I don't remember. That yeah. was joking. And uh, I'm wondering if if that's actually an insight, like you know. Well, I think I uh, I I like it's over over this overt positiveness can be a, a way of covering could up. Could be could be a mask, and and also um dep depression is um it's um what do they say it's a disease where people feel like they're coming up short, like they're not good enough at, at whatever it is they want to contribute and they feel like they're always letting letting someone down uh, people with depression feel like they're letting letting themselves down letting their families down and uh and it's when uh you know because it's, it's not a logical rational right, right. decision it's, right. It's, yeah. it's just a, a it's a it's a a mental illness. It's it really a chemical is. imbalance. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just yeah. not you're not in your right mind. Right. Right, Nobody does. in the right mind would do that. Right. And I he think. talked he talked really openly and beautifully also about being bipolar. Right. Um, oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's horrible. That I mean, that whole situation is horrible, and. It's funny. I just wish he knew how many people loved him right. and cared right. about him and, and really respected him yeah. for what he did. Because I kind of got that feeling since he worked late so many nights and you know it took him a while to break in that he felt like he wasn't good enough. But you know, from the outpouring of love and I know it respect, really is an unbelievable. Yeah, like my my mother and dad, my parents call me together on the phone to talk oh, about wow. him. Like they don't even wow. watch. Things I did, but they've been able to. Find, yeah, they don't watch anything unless it's like 7 p.m. on NBC or something. Right. But they called me together to be like, "Who? We were watching him." But, but I think it's gotten so far. So many people are learning about him, which is, 
you know, so sad, but I'm glad that he, you know, because he can't see it, but I'm glad that people are really learning about him. Yeah. You know? yeah. I yeah. see some clips on Instagram yeah. at different shows yeah. he was on. He's hilarious. Yeah. Well, well Nikki dude. Glazer posted yeah, something on one. Instagram that was really beautiful that one of her fans sent her, which is exactly what you were saying, Rachel, yeah. that like suddenly like every single Instagram post is like all of this love right. for Brody. And it would be so nice if people did that while you were still alive well, then they should they start say. with me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there this is what I always think as a guy who's, who's near it but I'm not part of it that I'm always thinking this must be a terrifying profession to be in if you're not famous with your own TV show uh, <clears throat> as you get through your 40s because like if you're an accountant or a lawyer or own a business like you have you have a profession even a business is scary but at least you have the business but, but a stand up comic i mean we see if they fall off and then what do they here's, what, what here's, are they going to do here's the um and maybe just check out here's here's the um uh, i don't know what the word is but why you stay with it because you think maybe tomorrow it's going right, to happen right or maybe the next day right. and i've come so far already but at some point it becomes unrealistic Yes, well, but, but and then how do you well, make a also, living? But at well, least we were able to get on stage. So the highs of being on stage, you still have. It's not like you're waiting to perform. There is an instant thing that you get to do. You can still practice it. And and also you have to. I so I deal with this all the time. Um, and I tell, especially like newer comics, you have to determine for yourself what success is. You know, because if 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 all of us sitting at this table know comics that are uber famous. And then we know comics that are brand new. And then we know what, what I call the sort of the journeymen that are out there, you know, 30, 40 weeks a year, earning a great living. Um, like for myself, I'm not on TV right now. I've had TV uh, successes. I look forward to more television successes. But people will come up to you. This is amazing. After show... You just work. You're, you're at whatever club across. The, you're you're in in re, at the Rio, right? People come up after show. Man, that was amazing. You are amazing. You so. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So, what are you up to? <laughs> and, 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 and I think any form of entertainment, you you develop a thicker skin. Yeah. yeah? You you develop a, a thick skin, and you you start to realize, you know, what success is. Uh, you know, my my, I, I've earned a, a living. I've made a great life for myself at this. I continue to still grow as an artist. I continue to still earn and and hopefully continue to earn more each year. You know what I mean? So I think also there's so much wild rejection. Like I mean that you know, and the highs are so high and the lows are so yeah. low. So it's like one night you might you know having be like having a soft taco thrown at you in Des Moines and uh, <laughs> that did happen. I was going to say it that. It hit like my tittage and just softly fell. There was something, there was a sadness to the soft taco tumbling off me. Did you, did you, you ever have a prosthetic leg thrown at you though? <laughs> that happened to me. Did you really? Yeah. Oh in Denver. It wasn't thrown at me, it was thrown on the stage. Oh, Because I had a joke about uh, losing a leg. <laughs> oh my God. It's, and the guy, the guy would not cop to whose it was. You know, nobody would come and claim it. I said, "Well, whoever it is, hop up here and get it." But I had to like analyze it forensically, put it on the stool, and say, "Well, it looks like a hiker. It weighs about three hundred pounds. Oh my God. You know, it had a Did shoe on. It. Had walk a shoe on. Like hop out. At the end, they okay. had to, one person like the, sitting in the audience. It's <laughs> like the rat story you just told me. Oh yeah, I've had a lot of stuff on stage. A rat. A rat it ran across Did the stage. Did somebody toss a rat at you? Oh, it just ran. No, it just the ran stage. across yeah. the stage. And people were eating. You know, it was ten minutes near the end of my act. A big old rat came running across the stage, <laughs> the back of the stage, and it was like a. It wasn't like a, a New York rat. It was like a pedigree rat, like from <laughs> wow. London. And it was light brown and a little white patch under its neck, and it was oh, huge. Wow. It was like the size of a cat, and it ran across. And people dropped their forks. It ran into the kitchen through the curtain. People are all up, you know, talking about it. I couldn't do my that was rest the rest of check my act. Spot. <clears throat> and yeah. then it came running out because they tried to catch it, like twice the speed, and ran down into the audience. <laughs> Wherever it was in the audience, I could tell because people were jumping up on the chairs, you know? People uh, were scampering after the rat. No, they were the getting away from it. But didn't they oh, think God. that? No. They thought I was a prop. They thought it was my rat, and I brought it as a prop. <laughs> oh, like, come on, Kevin. Yeah. It's funny how much people think things are planned, like right. the most absurd right. sequence of events, like right. that yeah. you have a rat in a plastic bag is the yeah. dumbest thing. Truth ever. is, it was my prop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you got you guys both worked on SNL, yeah. And uh, so 
what the first thing it makes me think of is this blackface controversy mm. because SNL. Had you a, are such a controversial guy. I know. Aren't you? No, he's, he's, bad. Really he's the bad boy. Setting us up to say something bad. We don't have, have to talk about it. I actually have to do a spot around the corner. That would be really funny if I just stayed here for the rest of the night. He just wants us to say something inappropriate. Honestly. Although I know this party's just getting started. The last thing I want to do. What about the Me Too movement? The last thing I want to do is make you talk about something that could get you in trouble. And and that is actually. Isn't that a shame, though, that we we that are so the, guarded? That that's the biggest right. issue of right. our day. I, right. I, I believe that's the most important we issue talk of our about, time. We talk, about, talk that. about that. We talk about that a lot, especially as comics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Noam actually said something really interesting a few weeks ago, which is that if he drew a line on a cliff, like, this is a cliff, mm-hmm. and said, don't get within, you know, no. a foot of it, because you'll fall off. This is <laughs> unbelievable, the way you're... T- you're you guys say you do it. I, mean, I actually think I'm improving the story, but go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, my wife. Oh, God. <laughs> my, I'll take my, that as a compliment. My, my friend, Thank you. My friend told a funny joke. This, this is my wife. Her Native American name is Killer of Stories. <laughs> <laughs> Total amateur guy. So, that, anyway. Um, and that my, so, I said, that if you, if, you, if you drew a line down those on the floor here and I, mm-hmm. and I said walk as close as you can to that line mm-hmm. you would walk right up to the line and you'd probably fall over a little you'd have some margin for error right. if I did the exact same thing but the line was on the edge of a cliff mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't get within a foot of it right? Yeah. And because there's no margin for error and that foot that mm-hmm. we don't have anymore is where all the interesting comments are made oh, where all the funny jokes are and we, and we are losing all of that because we're just afraid to even talk well, about it well here's my thoughts on that I think it's twofold one you can joke about anything, I think. It's I all your approach and how you go about it. Right. You know, if you're talking about the Me Too movement, then you have to talk about how men are idiots. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I think there's some comics that can get away with more than other comics. You know, like a, uh, a Bill Burr can get away with more talking about that, those issues. Now, than, why is that? Than some, because the audience that comes to watch him expects that. And because he's because uh, I think Bill's approach. I'm I'm trying to think of someone who's not as uh, quote unquote edgy. Using using your uh, metaphor of the cliff, Bill has. I I'm actually that's the first time I've called him Bill. I always still say Billy, Billy. because I met him as Billy. Um, Billy um, has always danced close to the edge to where people are are used to it, and he hasn't really faced repercussions because. At least from from his position and from what we know of him, he doesn't care, you know. Um, and he's fucking funny. And, he, and he's hilarious with it. And and he's going to he's not going to come at, at the joke from the same angle that that ninety nine percent of the populace is. And I think which is really the job of the comic is is to right. do something with it that everyone else is not going to do. You think Louis would have gotten away with the Parkland joke if he if he hadn't been in trouble? I think I think he would have. Yeah, I think he would have because think, he's done yeah. that before. He's he's danced near the, he's danced over the edge. He's I think you can it. say anything. Yeah. I agree with you as long as it's funny. Yeah. I don't know anymore. I don't know. But but Louis Louis uh previously like he did the the, the pedophilia thing on SNL, but he was really careful. Say, I'm not saying it's me. Just from their point of view, he was very right. cautious. And this time, he's like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna." He told it in the harshest way he could. Right. I don't know if he could have gotten away with that, that now. No, well, now people are, everyone's uh, antenna or are way up. Look, expecting. I like your line analogy, though. That's really good. Yeah, oh, I do too. That's basically exactly yeah. what. I, I mean, I don't see how you said that any different than I did. But I would fine. not get even near that line if it was by the cliff because I have a fear of heights. Yeah, me too. Most, most people, you just, you just want to mess and up. And lawsuits. So, so there's something going on. <laughs> not not me too, you as well. <laughs> no, you said <laughs> that really should be what the movement's called. Right. Us as well. Right. So <laughs> that's why I said with Black Lives Matter, they should have just said Black Lives Matter too, and then they would have <laughs> right. they would have calmed everyone. That's um, right. It's similar to this, and I read it just today on the way over that uh, uh, you know we always grew up. They would always defend anybody who defended any criminal. Like like if, if you had like Hillary Clinton during the last election, there was tape of her kind of laughing that they got this child rapist off in a technicality. Do you remember that? And people say, well, everybody has a right to a defense. Everybody has a right Mm -hmm. to a defense. Now, apparently, at Harvard Law School, they're calling for the dismissal of this black... He's he's one of the most important black lawyers in the country. He's he's a criminal defense lawyer, and Mm -hmm. he agreed to be on Harvey Weinstein's defense team. Interesting. And the students at Harvard Law School are calling for him to resign 
saying they don't feel safe at Harvard anymore. So this is a this is a tremendous transformation from right. what liberals used to feel. They used, right. the, the guy who would take on the criminal case was the hero. Right, right. right. Now nobody should be de nobody should defend any a murderer or a rapist. Probably a murderer is okay, but certainly right. not a rapist. Not a rapist. Yeah. I golfed with a guy, one of the guys who defended the 9/11 um, terrorists. Really? Yeah. That was. I mean, how do you do that? But I guess it's just an American. It's it's part of the Constitution where everybody has the right to. A defense. Right. The system depends on it. It's like being it. a yeah. doctor, too, though, right? Like, you're going to treat the anybody. Right. You'll treat somebody who... Well, yeah. yeah I guess in, in that sense, you, you save a murder. I mean, I, I've always been troubled. I've had friends who were defending. I said, how could you defend a rapist? Right. And then they get out, and, and you know, they, they probably do it again. And it takes a certain kind of... Um, just uh, indo Balls. indoctrination into mm -hmm. what's it, a certain kind of what? Balls. Balls, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I wouldn't do it. I know someone has to do right. it, but I never criticize anybody for doing right. it. But now, um, well, I, as I when said. When you defend somebody like that, though, you probably don't do a lot of research. You know, you don't prepare that much. <laughs> you just go in, you go, Your Honor, look. I got my work cut out for me here today. <laughs> it's, well, I don't know what happened, but I'm here. But, you know, I, that's. That's actually, not to get serious, I'm afraid that's not the case. I'm afraid that even if you go and say, oh, I'm going to defend these criminals, but I'm not going to do anything from the bottom of the deck. You know, if they get convicted, they get convicted. I'm just going to give them the... the but you, Lawyers also want to make a name for themselves. You get yeah. seduced. Yeah. you you, yeah. you got to be someone who wins. Otherwise, you won't get the clients in the future. Right. And before you know it, right. you're doing what was a Johnny, Colombian necktie in the Columbia OJ. Necktie. And they're making yeah. shit up out of thin air to try to get a, get a guy off. Have you seen that that five-part OJ documentary? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. haven't seen it. Oh, uh, it's on. Uh, it's on, Am on Amazon. I mean, it's we we knew it. Not the one with Travolta and those guys, right? No, no it's it was uh, a ESPN. Uh, no, yeah. it's, it's a doc. It's it's an actual documentary. You know. I was, somebody was just telling me about. I don't know if a comic did this or what, but saying if. Uh, can I tell what some comic said? But I don't know his sure. name. Yeah. Or somebody said it. Um, if somebody told you twenty years ago that. Between Bill Cosby and Donald Trump, one would be president and one would go to jail. <laughs> I think it was Ted Alexandro. Is that Ted? I think, I think it's it's Ted Alexandro. No, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that was a set that. It's he not did. even really a joke, but it's more of a funny kind of a supposition. Yeah, it is amazing. You know, because <laughs> you never would think that. All right, so SNL, which is the most interesting thing to everybody who listens to this station, is it? No, I'm just playing. Yeah, I, I, what does that stand for? I, SNL. No, 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 So I, you know, we can't talk about the 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 black. Well, you could talk. Well, about you know what? I, I remember. You could talk about <laughs> it. Well, thank you. I finally, finally, I have some. Um, I remember. Um, I remember a frustration, and and Kevin um, can speak to this. this as well. <laughs> no, uh, when you prepare for something, and it gets cut for whatever reason and and uh i remember one time i was really frustrated because um uh i was told uh, to prepare mike Schumacher. he told me to prepare a um my my colin powell you say and, mike shoemaker uh, yeah shoemaker it's funny he was a page when i was there are you serious yeah. wow he worked his way up yeah, yeah. he did that's yeah. funny um shout out to shoemaker so shoemaker told me uh you know what prepare your um prepare your colin powell so i'm doing research i'm I have Dean Obidala at the time worked in research, so he's he's getting me tapes. Dean on. also a page. Yeah. No, right? I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, but he's, he started. He's, Shoemaker you know. was a page just when I first got there, but then he moved okay. his way up. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, uh, so I'm studying Colin Powell all week, and then on Friday night um, during um, during blocking, I, I'm excited because uh, they're they're going to work on the cold open, and he says, "Yeah, so um, so we're going to have you play an African delegate." And we're gonna have Daryl play Colin Powell, and I, and and your your side, it it speaks to because he understands. You don't take it personally, but you get frustrated because that was the one time I was like, "Wait, hold up! I that that was supposed to be me, right? You know." And so that was first, and I didn't look at it as a as a as a blackface situation. I looked at it as Daryl being the um, the senior cast member that. Does a lot of the impressions on the show, but I, I I was more frustrated not not on some racial tip, but just on some. Come on, man, that that was one I could have. How was your colon ball? It was good enough. And how's your colon? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's powerful. No. Oh. 
Um, yeah, it was no, it was it was thorough because if if I if I study enough, if I study a voice enough, I can I can do it. And 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 and, um, and Colin Powell, from what I well, I I'd have to hear it to do it. Yeah, but I had it. And you how know, is but, your African delegate? Um, well, that's effortless. You know. But you're right. You're, you're right about that show. You don't know why. You don't sometimes. know why. And you, There's and so you many reasons. And you don't. You you honestly, you don't really get a chance to ask. There's never. Did he darken his skin to do the? They they put makeup on him. Yeah. Yes. Did that bother yeah. you? It didn't bother you. Um, I was so caught up in I didn't get to do Colin Powell that. Does it bother you now looking back on? it? Look no, at him. He won't let it go. In, he yeah. just can't let it you know, go. Just curious. It, it, it bugs me because things like that would happen where, where like, like Kevin said, you didn't know why. I and saw you coming in here tonight, and all you were saying to yourself was, I should have done Colin. I should have done Colin. <laughs> So, oh, so you I, know that I did the uh, the Whoopi Goldberg roast here in New York when Ted, uh, Ted Danson uh, did blackface. Uh, <laughs> I was on the day. Oh, I remember that. I do remember <laughs> that. So I, recorded, like? I recorded the whole thing on my uh, tape. And? But it was it was interesting. At the time, he came out, and it was very, um, it was a little shocking. But know? he actually was kind of being a minstrel thing. Yeah, he, he was. He was making fun well, Black was the joke, as opposed to imitating right. doing, doing character Colin Powell. Also, a big play on their relationship, yeah. you know? right? Because they were yeah. they were dating. I think yeah. I think Whoopi actually like works from what I remember. Because I remember her defending him. Um, and do you do Whoopi? Huh? Do you do Whoopi? I, I can do enough of a Whoopi. You know, oh, it's, it's in it's in there. It's in there. That's but, right. But 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 something with her. Um, Whoopi is always sort of going against the grain of what. What many other? She also sounds like uh, the woman from The Simpsons. Now, now yeah. I just I just heard it because I have headphones on, and uh, yeah. <laughs> um, she has a very sim- very similar to Marge Simpson. You know, she does. Um, but you know, I I, I also look at in- intention. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. And I didn't look at I d- looking back. I didn't look at it as Daryl. Donning black, like people. Unfortunately, if if the NAACP stepped forward and said Daryl Hammond was was putting on blackface, I would have been in a position of, of thinking, well, you know what? He just did. He followed what they told him to do. They told him to. He didn't make that decision. But can you put makeup on if you're doing an impression of a black person and not have it be called blackface? Not anymore. Not yet. Not, not anymore. anymore. So you yeah. couldn't do an impression. I couldn't. Let's say I did a great, you know. <clears throat> Whoever, you know. Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. And they, they did prosthetic nose and maybe, and then they put the darker skin on and, yeah. and I was an impressionist. Right. And there was no other people there to do them. That's would a that no. Would that be no? Yeah, that's a no. Well, you know what the, you know what the, the, the problem people would have is um, why not hire someone that can do that? But if you're doing a one-man show, say. Right, right. I mean, why? You that's off limits. No, I, I, I think then then it becomes a, a an issue of you can still do the impression. You don't have to like in that in a, in a case where you're doing a one man show. What, you, what what if I was playing a Mexican? I couldn't darken my skin. Nah, Chinese. It's not a great idea. I, 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 no, I, my, I wouldn't advise it. But this is what I think about that. I think you probably. I think that. I mean, this all came back. Uh, when the Megan Kelly made those comments. Right, right. And she, you kind of hit on what I think is the important point. She used the term blackface, but she didn't mean blackface, mm. which, if you look it up, it means like the minstrel, Minstrels, like, taking, taking, black, taking black, black Putting people. cork on, on yeah. the face and, and, and mocking. Yeah, the point yeah. is the right. mo- mocking of the right. race. Right. She was talking about, well, what do you want to be, Diana Ross, or whatever it is. But right. of course, they hate her so much, they just jumped on it. But, right. but looking back on all the people who did put on dark makeup, mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon, uh, Jimmy oh, yeah. Kimmel dressing up as Oprah, all this stuff. Right. And all the major networks which thought this was fine and mm-hmm. nobody complaining about it. Mm-hmm. Oprah didn't complain about it mm-hmm. when somebody dressed up as her. Spike I think Lee I, must have, though. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Spike... I would think you would have to say that um, this is all... We pretend that this was the standard, but this never. it always was okay. People did intention used to matter mm-hmm. and this is a theme throughout everything in society mm-hmm. now attention doesn't matter if you're on if you're the head of netflix right and you say the n-word in a conversation where right. you want to talk about the fact that we have to use sensitive language right you get fired right doesn't matter that you weren't calling somebody right the right right just to me is that i that i i, I agree with i actually i get when when i hear 
I, I think Louis actually had a joke where he said, uh, he said, Louis, I'm not Louis saying. Anderson? Uh, Louis Anderson? <laughs> Louis Nye. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine Louis. He's like, yeah, guy. <laughs> I just that's a, I just juxtapose Louis C.K.'s act on Louis Anderson. It's hilarious. Um, but Louis C.K. actually had a joke where he said, I remember watching it on a, on a flight. And he said, I'm not, I'm not saying the N-word because the word is nigger. And when you say the N-word, you're not projecting the thought and making me think it. You know what I mean? And so, because um, I, I, don't, I don't use, like, I don't use nigger, like, uh, frivolously with my friends. Just because, for, for me, I'm like, well, there are, there are a million other words I could find that could convey this same. If, if you're saying, like, a lot, a lot of brothers will use the term, like, well, no, nah, I'm using it as a term of endearment. All right, all right bro, you know, bro, uh, brother, whatever. Um, but I also understand when people, what happens is when, when, uh, when black people hear anyone else use the term, the, our, our antenna are up, right? And now suddenly we're like, are you saying it? Just to see if you can say it around me, and I'm fine with it, you know. So there's there's that weird dichotomy that you're always constantly on guard. With but it's also to like, it. why do white people even need to say that word? Why she that she drives me nuts. I got to tell you, I, I, I <laughs> it's true because you don't need to say it, but because it's ridiculous that if if uh, if Donald Trump was caught on tape saying the n-word mm -hmm. that they would show it on the news and they would bleep it out because as we can't hear it and then they would cut to a scene of some people burning to death jumping to their right, death off right, the world right. trade center That's to funny. kill themselves and that would be okay to see but you cannot hear don't forget uh, we, we use it only for entertainment now quentin tarantino movies oh, tarantino. you know anything fun like Spike that you can't stand tarantino yeah, just off of that and right? of course but uh, i mean huckleberry finn they actually take it out of huckleberry finn never mind that mark twain was trying to expose mm -hmm. the racist attitudes right. of the South by, by having realistic dialogue. Right. Now they take it out. We can't hear realistic dialogue but anymore. But I'm not talking about Mark Twain. Anybody. point is that it, it's the intention. John but do Lennon. do you think it was just in the South back then where they used that language? No, but he was, his dialect was from the... No. Right. But, but right. the point is that anytime you're, you're saying something that happened or it's realistic or you're making a point or John mm -hmm. Lennon had that... I can't even say it anymore. John Lennon, it was on his greatest hits album. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people were really offended by that. Nobody was offended. Woman That's not is, true. He went on the Dick Cavett show and talked about it. He said, woman is the N-word of the world. Right. Which, but he said the word, mm -hmm. which is a powerful point. What he was saying is that the way women are treated in the entire world right. is the way we treat black people right. in America. Right. Now, how? why would you get in trouble for the way you say a deep, sympathetic Point and right. that, and and any other way. If he said "woman is the N word of the world," that doesn't hit you in the well, gut. See now, if Bill Burr said that, it'd be fine. <laughs> Bill Burr, <laughs> Billy Burr. No, I just I, love the way I, they have emojis. They're every race. You know, oh, yeah. If you want to give a <laughs> thumbs up, I use the brown ones. <laughs> I use I go brown. I was like, okay, good. I'll press it yeah. a couple extra times. <laughs> I do. I, I do like it. And by the way, I you know I, when when. You know, like you could say bro or brother, uh -huh. but I could say that too to a black friend. I I do think there's I always thought you should that stay away from those too. No, no, no. I, I don't <laughs> think, say, say brother. If I if I said hey, you know, brother, no, with yeah. a good, good friend, it would, it would not with anybody, but with a good friend. But it would never the N word. And I think that right. there is there's something very intimate. I always saw when I see it happen that I that I, I understand it. I always right. thought when, when white people would say it's not fair that they can say it and we can. I say don't be a jackass. Well, like, and you can't you can't understand the difference. But and I think that also comes from uh, any sort of uh, ethnicity. You know, um, Italians, you know, can call each other certain terms that everyone else should not use. Uh, but there is there is no term like the N word. It's, it's no, there's, it's no, there's, there's it's not. Unique. But I'm saying yeah. with regards to terms of endear of endearment uh, within a uh, an ethnicity, that that does happen. Um, and you're also you're. <laughs> You're well-rounded and open-minded enough to understand that you just said you see the intention behind it and you don't look at it and say, why am I left out of that? You just say, okay, well, that's that's a cultural thing and you accept it. I, I actually am jealous of it. Like, I, 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 it, it's heartwarming in a sense. That sounds uh -huh. corny. But it's nice to, like, they take a, you take a word which is has so, so, wretched, much, so right, painful right. and turn it into something intimate that only we can share right. as a greeting. right. And why would anybody object to right. that? You know, but anyway. 
Can you, can good you believe, point. Can you believe I'm? <laughs> she, she thinks I'm such a right winger. <laughs> so okay, last uh, thing. Did, did you see? Have you seen the Michael Jackson documentary? <laughs> <laughs> what no. a segue! No. Let's jump right into pedophilia. This <laughs> guy. <laughs> well, it's. You know, I heard it's. It's interesting though. I heard it's interesting. I haven't seen either, but I heard it just yeah, came out. I'm not. I'm not watching it because. Uh, the, Wade, uh, one of the one of the ki- one of the kid. I remember the kid uh, when he was in uh, the group Quo was was Michael Jackson's MJJ music, their first artist before uh, the the R&B group Brownstone. The kid was in that, and then he became a dancer, and then he be- became a choreographer, and uh, you know, and it, he's the guy that. Justin Timberlake wrote Cry Me a River because he broke up, uh, he messed with Britney Spears. So Wade Robinson defended Michael Jackson years ago, and that's that's my issue with it. And he's dead, and and and, and I'm biased because he's one of the guys that... He's one of your heroes. When, when I was a kid, he was one of the guys that was, was an inspiration, made me say, that's I want to do that. I you wanna, feel the same about Bill Cosby? I, I, but here's, here's what's funny. I, I can separate... Uh, the wretched side of the things that Bill Cosby did, and t- I can still watch Bill Cosby himself and and laugh. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, w- w- R. Kelly, slightly different, but if I hear, I believe I can, it's still a great song. They're just misunderstood. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. But this is like a really profound, age-old question. Right. Like so many brilliant artists right. are so afflicted and do horrible things, right? Well, well people. Like, are you supposed? Yeah, exactly. So, are you supposed to just not listen or I, watch? I, I think there's first of all, just 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 to in case people haven't seen it. Apparently, Michael Jackson paid out. Two hundred million dollars in uh, keeping people quiet, where hush money to stop. So apparently he was really doing it, and it's fascinating to me how charisma overcomes even like the highest IQ. Like like if I invited some kids to my bed, there's right. no story I could tell. <laughs> I like sleepover. That I like sleepover. <laughs> but, but if I'm a big, if I'm Michael Jackson, yeah, I, you know, how many times? I think he's just asexual. He, you know, he just like, and, and, oh yeah, that makes sense. I've, I've never met anybody or heard of anybody like that on planet Earth ever, but uh, he has no sex He drive. had a marriage ceremony and, and then, with one of them. And then, you know he that, paid, right? and we, and then, then even after we knew he paid some women off. Then we found some children off, or their, their parents. Then we found out that he was bringing kids back to his bed again, and still we rationalized right, it. Or right. Bill, Bill Clinton, all these um, stories. So it, it, I find that just fascinating. But this separating artists from the artist, the art from the artist, mm. what I think is different here is like if it was just playing the song Human Nature, mm-hmm. I don't think. I think it'd be very easy, like listening to Beethoven if you found out that Beethoven. But the thing is that it's actually Michael Jackson. That's the thing. And when you're a pop singer, mm. it's you. It's not your art anymore. It's actually you. We're fans and we're watching the guy who did it mm. do those dance moves, sing those songs. And that's on a whole nother level. If he was an author or just written a book that we all loved and we found out that this author did that, I think we could still read the book. And, but to see Michael Jackson. But isn't that the same thing with Cosby? Yes, it is the same thing with Cosby. It is. I. I. So I, I think it's like uh, you're gonna. You. You do Michael Jackson in your in your uh, set. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you do blackface. <laughs> I don't wish Michael do I do right. I wonder how that. You. You must be wondering why when that documentary hits. It's not out yet. No. I, you know what? Um, next week, I think. I. I still because I don't have a bunch of uh, jokes I do about it, but. Going back to what Kevin said uh, earlier, uh, you can make anything funny. If people like you, you know, as a performer, if people like you, you can say things on stage um, when you're in front of an in front of an audience. Because I think, uh, as an entertainer, it's your job to convey what your intention is, and people get a sense of they get a at least they leave your show thinking they know about Kevin Nealon, even if they even if you just wore a mask of a different version or a heightened version of yourself, they walk away saying, especially with comics, they do that uh, specifically with uh, comedians because our job is to make 
things that we've said a million times before seem like it's the first time, seem conversational, mm -hmm. you know. And so uh, um, with anything I say on stage, I, I think I make it um, relatable and approachable enough so that if you do have an issue with it, you can you don't feel awkward coming up to me afterwards. I, I remember um, I was in Minneapolis uh, two weeks after uh, Prince. The, the the police killed Philando Castile, oh, right? Yeah. You, you were that close. Well, Minneapolis, you know, Minnesota. <laughs> right. No, no, that was a, Prince. <laughs> and um, and a woman, and I was talking about it because I was I was talking about uh, my position um, or my perspective as a, as a young black male and and dealing with the cops. And after the show, meet and greet. Uh, this woman waited, a little white woman waited until the line died down. And then she said, can I ask you a question? I said, uh, yeah. She's like, I just want you to know uh, I was friends with Philando Castile. And I worked, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is my first night. I'm, I'm there for a couple of nights. She, and I was like, oh, gosh. And she was like, no, I, I know you're probably thinking, I just want to say thank you. I'm glad that. Uh. Someone is talking about it, you know. So I think I think yeah. as as entertainers, it's it's our job to sort of push the envelope and and at least push people into a place where they're they're comfortable having the conversations. I don't know if Kevin. I have no comment on that. No comment. <laughs> okay, let's talk about something uncontroversial. <laughs> so, uh, you touring the country now doing stand-up? <laughs> Great segue. What would Howard ask? You tour, are you touring? Are you, are you touring? I am uh, touring. People can go to my website, kevinneilan.com. Um, yeah, I'm touring. You know, we were talking about this before. You know, you, you, you want to be a 40-year-old doing comedy and not sure if you're going to make it or not. I remember I used to say to myself, I'm not going to be working on the road in my 40s. You know, I'm not going to be in some hotel. And then in my 50s, you know, I said, I'm not going to be in my 50s anymore when I'm working on the road, you know. Uh, each, each decade, I kept going and I kept being on the road. You're not in your 60s. It. I'm 65, yeah. You're 65? <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> you don't look it. I've had a lot of work done. And I think no. comedy keeps you young, man. You're doing what you love. Baby. I am. I'll tell you, man. I go to bed. When I'm home, I go to bed like 8.30 or 9 every night. I'm I got too, a kid. I got a 12-year-old. I'm the same one. Are you really? I'm actually, I, I, when I go on the, I actually go on the road to get better rest. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I also go on the road just to kind of have, have some me time. Because when I'm home, I'm, I'm in dad mode. I'm in family mode. Yeah. So, you always need it at home. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. How many kids do you have? We have two. So, Kevin, wow. does, this, does this means that stand-up comedy scratches an itch that nothing else can replace. Is that right? I mean, a lot of comics say that. Um, I, you know, You're not doing I'm it for luckily, the money, are you? I do a lot of stuff that makes me um, happy, not just stand-up. You know, I like to sketch, like these drawings around here. I like to do caricatures. People check out my artwork on, uh, on Instagram, Kevin Neal and Artwork. I like to um, play the guitar and the banjo. I play the five-string banjo. Like Steve Martin. Comedy is great. I love doing stand-up. I love to write. I love to act. So I think that's the healthiest for me. That's why I kind of stay so kind of relaxed and I feel pretty well balanced as I have a lot of different interests. Right. And I have a lot of friends. How lucky it is to like just be able to do whatever you want for a living. How many people... My father used to always tell me that how it how, he said 99% of the people live for the weekend. I know. Yeah. I, I just I feel bad for people that don't have a passion right. yeah. that they can pursue. Yeah. And they have to work. You know, they, it doesn't matter what the work is. They can work any job. But if you don't have a passion that you could do when you're not working, the best of it, you have a passion and it's your work, right. like we have. Right. And, um, and not everybody can have that. And like I said, it's not bad to have a 9-to-5 job and then have a passion somewhere else. But if you don't have that passion, you just lose that excitement in life. Yeah. Right. You don't have it. I agree. And I and I, I honestly think that passion is what keeps that's why he keeps look someone al alive. Keeps keeps you. You know, um, I I don't I don't believe in retirement because I honestly think when you retire, you kind of uh, you die just, quickly. Yeah. You yeah. you tap out. You're like, well, my my purpose is done. I, yeah. I, my father retired and he had no hobbies. And I tried to get him to paint, you know, because I like painting. Right. I got him a canvas, the easel. I even put the first coat of paint on for him. Oh, really? You know, I said, here you go, Dad. Here's some paintbrush. <laughs> he drew one flower. He painted one flower. That was it. it, wasn't, and, it wasn't but his kids thing. were his hobby, you know. Okay. And how long, How old did he live to? Uh, he died eight months ago. He was 92. Oh, oh wow. 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 Yeah. Beautiful. My mother's 90. My grandmother died at 101. Wow. 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 On the 101, I mean. 
The freeway. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was 101 when she died. Longevity is very, obviously, you know that. It's a, um, I mean, actuarially, it's a big indicator of how long you're going to live is the longevity. Yeah, of but it. not always that accurate, you know? It's no. not guaranteed. No, it's not guaranteed. But it's still, it still makes you feel better. Are you at that age yet where you feel like you could drop dead any second? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, 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 I got rid of all the stuff like in my closets and stuff that might they might find after I'm gone. Oh, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I found when my father died, I found some stuff like that. I was, really? I was happy to get rid of it the for The preemptive, uh, <laughs> here, let's just make sure if, if something happens that they don't like, yo, what was Kevin into? <laughs> yeah. There should be a service that goes into that your house. That is amazing. Isn't that, didn't, they, didn't Harvey Keitel play that uh, once? Uh, he does a cleanup thing after somebody's death. Yeah, They'll go in and clean up uh, everything. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He the uses wolf. the N-word, by the way. He was the wolf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. It's Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like I try to remind myself now, you have to be sure not to fall. Yeah. You're getting close to the age where a fall can be the end of you. You break a hip. <laughs> and then the, why, why are you nodding your head? No, this yeah. is, this, How old are you? I'm 56. What? You don't look that old. <laughs> You just asked me if I was at the age. <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs> yeah, but callback with an edge. <laughs> no, yeah, the falls are the things you gotta look out for. When you were a kid and you fell, it was nothing. No. But now with me, because we're, we're so tall. Yeah, right. It's like 10 seconds of screaming before we hit the ground. Yeah. You know? You hear it all the time. Somebody, somebody maybe 56, a little bit young, but in the 60s. Look at Larry uh, Miller. Did he break his hip? Well, no, a couple years ago he fell and he hit his head and, you know, he, Is that he's how okay. I, Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, he turned out okay, but, you know, he fell. I don't know. You guys better be careful. Yeah. Yeah. You, you I'm, I'm crawling around around my house You now use a walker now, don't you? I do. And yeah. I have young kids. I have a, I have a, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and a really? one-year-old. And we just got back from the Bahamas. And a one-year-old? And a one-year-old. Look at and you. And my daughter wants me to go on the super high water slide. And I'm like, you know, I'm a little, might be a little bit too old to go on this fucking water slide where they have all the warnings about your back. But I don't want to look, look like a pussy in front of my daughter. So, 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 so I you go did on it. it, yeah. I know, man. I just got back from skiing with my son. We're skiing all day. I'm getting his rental skis, you know. Skiing with them, it's windy, it's snowing, and all I can think about is the bed and the, you know, the jacuzzi and the bath. You know, when I get back to the hotel and then the shuttle back to the hotel, Daddy, we play in the snow and let's have a snowball fight. Uh, and I go, Okay, let's do it. You know, I don't want to do it, but I want them to have memories of me, you know, having a heart attack in the snow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Take a break, we'll be right back. <laughs> We're about to wind up. There, there is a psychology of an old dad, an older dad, and you, pro and you spend this time thinking about, like, well, how they, I want to make sure they remember. Right. Me. They're right. not. They're not gonna have me, or maybe you have all the longevity. But my father, my, my father, and my grandfather died in their mid seventies. I'm like, well, you know. So, we, I'm very careful about videotaping a lot, yeah. and, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I even fantasize have you about, about writing them letters. That's and, what I was gonna say. You think about the video, talking to him, son. I'm gonna tell you some <laughs> things that I learned growing up in case I'm not around. Yes. You know. I, th I thought Don't only go I out thought with pretty women because they're spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Read The Godfather. All the lessons of life are in The Godfather. That's yeah. what I, we're going to plan to tell my yeah. son. But, um, All right. We, we're, we are... We are out at the point where we, we are able to stop and have a complete show. So unless there's anything more you want to tell us, maybe you want to tell us. Um, I was going to say something, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> something now, about being older. An older dad. That's My age. son realizes that uh, I'm older. He does. Than huh? his friend's uh, parents. And he, he, a couple years ago, I came into his bedroom. He looked really sad. I said, what's the matter, buddy? He goes, I've just been thinking. I'm, I'm 10 now. You're 63. When I'm 20, you're going to be 73. When I'm 30, you're going to be 83. You're not going to be around for a lot of my life, are you? Oh, yeah. Tears coming down. Oh, right. and what do you say to him? And then I thought of something later. I could have said, "You know, look, I'm going to be around for a long time. I'm going to be around for a long, long time. I'm going to be around for when you graduate. I'm going to be around when you have kids. When you get married, I'll be around for all that stuff. I swear to God. But you got to make it happen in the next four years." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and do, you, do you do you feel this? Do you feel this too? That now that you know the joy of having kids and what the fuck was the matter with me why did I wait so long no I didn't wait it just happened then it just happened. I wasn't uh, yeah I wasn't like I, I wanted to have kids a long time ago oh. but I didn't meet the right I hadn't met the right person yeah you could have compromised that's noble women you needed to meet a woman <laughs> but, but I know a lot of guys that um, before they met someone that it would have been like you did you waited for the right woman I know a lot of guys um, egos would have just pushed them to say well I just have to have a kid yeah. even if it's with the I wrong I get that person. though I don't know if that's ego or just a natural you know maybe a little both the way yeah. 
I don't. Do you think men are created to be monogamous? No. Or to procreate? To procreate. To procreate. Clearly. It seems that way. Yeah. Do you think women are created to be monogamous? They better be. <laughs> Goddamn right they are. Unless there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I don't think anybody is. I think whoever made us, they wanted to continue this life thing right. and have just constant procreation and more freeways. <laughs> the one one. She, she's an outlier. She, but you're married. I am married. You're struggling with it? Aren't we all? No. I, no. Love, I don't struggle with no, it. I love my husband too, but I think um, I don't think being married is particularly easy. No. Imagine how your husband feels. <laughs> <laughs> hey, old pal. See Every you. time I get into a traffic jam, I think to myself, people just got to, we got to put a moratorium on procreating for at least 10 years. Just stop having kids. Right. That's what, I, uh, what that AOC just said. We shouldn't have children anymore. Who said that? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> she suggested that we shouldn't, we shouldn't have children anymore. You didn't hear this? Well, at least I cut did. down the Don't numbers. Don't you listen to Fox News? <laughs> Maybe China's got the right idea. One kid. Well, actually, we have, we have negative population growth in this country. That's why. Good. That's why we need the immigrants. No matter what, the, we, we, <laughs> no matter what Trump says. All right, uh, Kevin. It was it was a pleasure. Kevin, you'll see Kevin Nealon. You want to uh, plug the Carolines uh, thing? Yeah, yet? I'll be at Carolines this uh, Friday, the twenty eighth, the 29th, and thirtieth of February. Carolines.com. You can catch <laughs> it's me. It's twenty eighth, first and second oh, yeah, of March. You, <laughs> <laughs> you just let it go right I by. I didn't pay attention to the day. And they can watch my YouTube uh, channel, Man with uh, Hiking with Kevin, right. and Man with a Plan on CBS. And, and you, uh, you can catch me uh, this Friday, March first, at uh, what do you got coming at up the Im- at the Improv Miami Improv uh, one nice. one show, the uh, ten thirty show Miami Improv. And uh, follow my social media at I am Dean Edwards because that's who I am. Yeah. And I, you can catch me in 15 minutes at the Village Underground. Nice. Guys, this was I really enjoyed this conversation, and I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, my brother. <laughs>